This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me for this bumper edition and a mashup of the analysis show and the preview show, it is Dave Statman Roberts, live and unleashed in the studio. Dave, how are you, sir? Um, I'm very well, Natalie. How are you? I am all right. I have a very important question for you. Oh, go on. You are, of course, our Oracle. You are our Google. You are the man that we run everything by. Do you, perchance, have in that Bible of yours a cure for the earworm that is the Anas Zaruri song? Uh, No, I can't help on that one. Dave, (laughs) somebody needs to find a cure. I literally had only just got it out of my head from the midweek uh, midweek game and then six minutes and 36 seconds on the clock at the game on Saturday and it was... Ringing around Turf Moor, it's been in my head ever since. You know what? That's fine, Dave. That is fine. Um, Listeners, we are here to look back um, at that controversial, are we going to say controversial? Yes, let's say controversial. Um, Slightly controversial win against, Dave's shaking his head at me, Um, win at home against Reading. And we are looking forward to another midweek game. They don't half come thick and fast in the championship. Before we have a look back at that Reading game, I am going to um, firstly give you the results and the answer to last week's quiz question. Dave, in your little remote studio, you posed the following question to our listeners. You said, can you name the two opposition players who scored penalties in 1-0 wins over Burnley in Premier League matches at Turf Moor? Dave, put us out of our misery and tell us who the, well, what the answers were and if we had any um, correct scores, please. Well, they both had thing in common because we were swizzed on both of them. The uh, first one was um, David Dunn uh, for a certain dive for a, a penalty in 2010. And then uh, Alexis Sanchez for Arsenal scored a late penalty winner for them in 2017 when Tarki breathed on um, one of their players, threw their arms out and... Uh, Got a penalty for it. Referees were were giving them uh, left, right, and centre against us. Not very often for us. Uh, so they were the two uh, two players looking for David Dunn and Alexis Sanchez. 
And uh, did we get any of our lovely listeners who got those right? Uh, we had quite a few. Got one of the two, I think, uh, but only one, only one quiz star got them both correct, and it was John Robertson. Uh, actually, I have a couple of late entries. I'm afraid. Yeah, Adrian Caton contacted us on Twitter. He got them right. And oh, well, he gave the teams, but not the names. I saw that. I was after the names of the players. Oh, that's harsh. You are very harsh. I'm going to give. <laughs> I'm going to overrule Dave Roberts, and I'm going to give Adrian that result. Um, well, listeners, do not fret. We don't have to wait very much longer to get another quiz question. You can have a crack at this week's quiz question. You just need to hang around till the end of the show. So stay tuned, and we will let you have this week's question. So. Last home game, Dave. Um, Reading at home was all going so well, then it wasn't going so well, and then it all turned out all right in the end. Uh, before you and I have a quick dissect of what happened at Turf Moor on Saturday, we're going to hand over to our analysis show team member, Tom Whitaker, who gives us his thoughts. Hi, all. So I'm here with some thoughts on the Reading game. Uh, first off, very similar to the Norwich match. Um, uh, I think Reading started the first sort of five, ten minutes thought they could get something, realised quickly that we were a lot better than they were and they sat in for the rest of the half um, we've seen all season that we, we can struggle to deal with that at times and it wasn't any different in that first half, didn't work the keeper at all and the big difference was that, that Reading showed a lot more ambition in the second half, something they were one of the best teams we played this season, certainly at the turf um, they had a bit more ambition um, they looked like they wanted to set the game to us, they fancied themselves I thought their game plan was, was really good, I thought they did a bit of a job on us for a lot of the game Obviously got that goal, went 1-0 up. Uh, it did cross my mind that last time we were in the Championship, Reading were one of only two teams that actually beat us at the turf. So, yeah, you start to think, is it going to be one of those days? Um, but we've got a secret weapon now, or a couple of secret weapons. I think the big difference between now and, and earlier in the season when we were struggling to break these teams down is uh, is the, the two wide men, Zorori and Benson. Um, they've come into form. They look like they've found their feet. And, uh, and both of them, uh, again, the difference makers. Benson coming off the bench. Uh, I thought he took his goal really well, superb on the volley. Um, important not to to let the game drag on too long without getting back into it. So well, one apiece with, with plenty of time to play was a good sign. I think Reading then were struggling to know whether to stick or twist. Causes a few less problems. Um, nah, obviously I've got onto the big one, which is the, the penalty shout. I, I do agree with people that have said that we should have had a penalty in the first half for the holding on Harwood Dallas. Um, but the uh, the penalty on him is as, as clear cut as they come. And I sit in the Jimmy Macupper, and you could see it from there. They brought him down. Uh, you know, he was just cute. He got his body between Matson and the ball. Matson stuck a leg out, and, and he brought him down. There's no arguing with it. We're very lucky that the, the ref missed it. And uh, another thing to be grateful about that there's no VAR. Um, but you know, uh, we, you know, sometimes you're lucky, and sometimes you're not. So there's nothing more to say about that. And then we go up the other end, Benson again, brilliant, superb dribble. And he just, surely he didn't know Zorori was there, but just a lovely little bit of technique just to flip that cross into an area. And uh, and there he is at the back post, then brilliant feeling. Um, I asked Statman Dave on Twitter about the last time we scored a, a last-minute goal. It seemed like a long time, and it was a long time. But, yeah, absolutely fantastic feeling to get that last-minute winner. Uh, and I think again, it's just another one of the sort of problems that we've had earlier in the season, killing these teams, uh, you know, killing these teams off, putting these games to bed. It looks like we might have turned a corner in that regard, and if that's the case, then absolutely fantastic, brilliant three points, keeps the momentum going, and hopefully another one on Wednesday night. 
um, good result in the end then, Dave. I think we're all riding high on, on a, what's that expression? I'm not going to say this because I keep getting these expressions wrong and I don't realise I'm saying them wrong. And then crest of a wave. titles, ride the crest of a wave. Is that right? Yes. Right. Okay. So Clarice are riding on the crest of a wave at the moment with a, a battled and, and well thought um, point. But you were shaking your head at me when you said it was a controversial win. Why, why well, are you saying that? Three, three, three points. points sorry. Yes. Uh, yes. You're quite right. Why Why were you shaking your head at me when I was saying it was controversial? Uh, well, you're saying controversial uh, because of their penalty. There were there were two penalty decisions and they cancelled each other out. So that's no, not they didn't. controversial, really. No, they didn't, Dave. No, they didn't. I don't... I'm sorry, I I bleed claret, but I don't think I've seen more obvious a penalty than Matson's foul um, on Tom Ince in our penalty box in a long, long time. We got out of jail free. And I, I don't think that... Was it the the... The guy who had his hands all over... Was it Bayer? I can't remember who it was in the box, who it was. It was um, uh, Howard Bellis, wasn't well, it? it was so. Howard Bellis. Yeah, I mean, in the Premier League with VAR, if somebody's doing that to Harry Kane, they're going to give it as a penalty. For the rest of the mere mortals and definitely in the Championship, that's never going to be given as a penalty, I don't think, for me. But um, I have a lot well, of... I can't stand Paul Ince, but um, I think he had a point. I think they're absolutely robbed there. But nonetheless... Um, Probably shouldn't have taken us 94 minutes to get going, Dave. What do you think about that? We were a little bit sluggish on Saturday, I thought. Uh, yeah, first half, we didn't quite make the most of the possession that we had. We was kind of uh, very good in the build-up play and we were mm. close. We couldn't quite get the uh, the final touch in the box. We had a few chances, but couldn't convert them, as we've seen quite a few times this season. Um, and then we got caught by a sucker punch. They, they scored uh, a goal on the break, long kick up from the keeper, flicked on. And Bad well defending. From- well taken by Thomas Ince in the end. And, uh, yeah, we were up against it a little bit, being a goal down. But you always thought that we had it in us to get back into the game and get at least a point out of yeah. it. Uh, we did well. We got the equaliser relatively quickly. You know, 10 minutes we had to wait for a, an equaliser. And then you thought, yeah, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And then we got into injury time. We thought, oh, are, are we are we going to get an injury time winner? And in the end, we, we did. It was a... A fantastic move, a real uh, burst of pace, wasn't it, from uh, uh, from Benson uh, into the box and a, a fantastic uh, little flick with the outside of his uh, boot over to the far post and uh, a headed equaliser. Yeah, uh, some... yeah indeed. See, you, it's catching. Um, it's contagious. <laughs> I It's turning into be some substitutes, Benson, isn't it? When he comes on, he, um, he completely changes the game around. It's very exciting. Would you start to keep him on as a sub? Um, I mean, you'd, you'd hope eventually he can he can start games and 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 get his goals in the in the first half. I mean, he's he's that sort of explosive player with his pace. And there was talk this week, wasn't there, of um, him being wanted in the MLS? I can't quite see that uh, that happening. I think he's uh, going to be uh, a bit young be, for that, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Is that not where I mean, all the retirees go? Well, yeah, times might change. There might be more money coming into the game over there. You never know. But I, I think we hope to see him in uh, in this country playing for, for Burnley for uh, for a long time to come. Amen, amen. He's only 25, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's quite young. 
let's move on. Let, let, let's have a look, Dave, because obviously that's the beauty of the championship as we talk about quite a lot. The games come thick and fast and the Clarets are at home again midweek at Rotherham United. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of November. It's a 7.45 kickoff. Um, Dave, you're going to kick us off, please, with our championship head-to-head. Uh, I am indeed, yes. Uh, prior to this season, Burnley have only spent 15 previous seasons in the same league as Rotherham United. Unlike many of our opponents this season, all of our league meetings with the Millers have taken place since 1980, although there have been matches in cup competitions during the 1940s and the 1960s. Uh, there are just six second-tier seasons for us to look, up at, uh, look back at this time, as the remaining seasons consisted of seven third-tier campaigns, plus another two during our seven-year stint in the basement division. Uh, Rotherham United's first visit to Turf Moor for a second-tier league match was in the second division in September 1982. Two goals from Rodney Fern, either side of a scorcher from Trevor Stephen, gave the visitors a 2-1 victory, despite them playing the final 10 minutes or so with 10 men after Tony Towner had been sent off for a deliberate handball. Uh, The next match in our list also took place in September, and in 2001, the Clarets struck twice just after half-time through Ian Moore and Paul Weller before Andy Payton, who was the guest on uh, on Saturday. Uh, he converted a late penalty to seal a convincing 3-0 home win. Uh, incidentally, there was a family connection that day as Ronnie Moore, that's Ian Moore's dad, was in charge of the Millers for that match. Uh, Ronnie Moore gained some revenge in the next match on our list. That was from December 2002, Although son Ian wasn't in the Burnley side this time, uh, unfortunately, though, it was the sort of performance and result which Burnley fans would want to forget. Uh, Despite eight goals being scored, the visitors came away with a 6-2 win as the Clarets' defence crumbled in the second half. Although that seemed to happen on an alarmingly regular basis to Stan Turner's side that particular season. Uh, Among the goal scorers were two ex-Clarets, namely Alan Lee and John Mullin who each bagged a brace. Uh, Darren Byfield scored the other two goals for the visitors, while Steve Davis uh, scored both of Burnley's goals. Uh, The Moore family rivalry was rekindled in November 2003, but honours were even this time as Robbie Blake's opener was cancelled out by another goal from John Mullin. That just leaves two more matches in our list. In March 2005, Phil Gilchrist gave the visitors an early lead, but Burnley hit back with goals from Tony Grant and Frank Sinclair to seal a 2-1 victory for Steve Cottrell's side. Uh, The other match we haven't mentioned yet was another Burnley victory from our championship title-winning season of 2015-16, but we're going to keep the details of that back for our memory match feature. So the six previous second-tier league games at Turf Moor have produced three Burnley wins, one draw and two victories for the visitors. Lovely. Um, now, you have also uh, shared amongst our group in advance of this call um, details of our next feature, which is, of course, those players who've played for both Burnley and our opposition. Uh, 34 mm. players this time and some names that are maybe not that familiar with a lot of people um, there. Were, I, I guess the probably the one that sticks out for me Obviously, you've already mentioned Ian Moore already. Um, John Harley was one. Um, he, I quite like John Harley when he used to play for us. But um, any of your particular favourites of yours, Dave, on that list? 
Um, I think the ones that stand out in terms of uh, perhaps Burnley legends, going back a little bit further in time, Frank Casper, he started his career at Rotherham United. He actually, I think he scored against Burnley in a, a cup game in the 60s. Oh. And then he was um, he signed for Burnley in 1967. And famously, he was the first player that Burnley had actually paid uh, a transfer fee, a proper transfer fee for. for oh, wow, um, that's a great start. Eight years or something ridiculous. I think we signed Alex Elder in 1959 and went eight years getting players in through the youth ranks before we signed um, Frank Casper. He made um, 275 total appearances for Burnley, 237 in the league, and he'd also played 102 times in the league for Rotherham. Uh, in terms of other legends in there, Alan Stevenson is one that stands out. He's uh, uh, played over 500 games for Burnley, uh, but he played uh, 24 times uh, for Rotherham. Uh, going down, we've got uh, John Mullin, we'd already mentioned. Yeah, we did. Tony Phillyskirk, uh, Neil Moore, Paul Crichton, Alan Lee, Ian Moore, uh, John Harley, you mentioned already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a few, but there's a lot on there which are perhaps ones which people wouldn't recognise as much. I did tweet the uh, the list and the gallery out, and I'm sure we'll retweet, but we retweet that from the uh, Milner Never account so listeners can uh, go on Definitely. and have a look at that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, then. Well, what have you picked for our memory match for this one, then, please, Dave? Uh, yes, a memory match. Uh, the sixth and most recent second-tier match between Burnley and Rotherham United took place in February of 2016 and has been selected as our memory match for this episode. Uh, the Clarets were looking to continue their unbeaten league run since a disappointing away defeat at Hull City on a wet and blustery Boxing Day. Uh, prior to this match, the unbeaten run had already reached eight league games, but we knew that we had to keep the momentum going if we were to uh, keep pace with the other teams at the top, which included Hull City, Brighton and Middlesbrough. Uh, Sean Dyche, of course, came up against Neil Warnock. He'd recently taken over uh, at struggling Rotherham United. Onto the match itself, and after Lloyd Doyley brought down George Boyd inside the box, Sam Bokes put away the spot kick to give Burnley a 27th-minute lead. The visitors remained in the game right until near the end, uh, frustrating much of our creativity, and although there were fears that we might concede and drop points, those fears were dispelled when Andre Gray set up Scott Arfield to make it 2-0 and effectively seal the victory in the 86th minute. After the match, Sean Dyche acknowledged the efforts of Neil Warnock's Millers, but was pleased with how his side was showing resilience and finding different ways of winning. Uh, we know that there are rarely any easy games in the Championship, so we hope that Vincent Company's Clarets can emulate the result from 2016 and continue this season's current unbeaten run, which has already stretched to 15 league games and 16 overall, including the League Cup win. Mm, that would be very nice. Um, well, listeners, you know we don't like to leave it there. We like to give you uh, just a little bit of an alternative view. In our, in our Opposition View feature, and this week we spoke to the New York Talk for their views ahead of... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The game. Our recent form has been inconsistent since Matt Tiller took over. It's Saturday against kind of this sixth game. I think it's two wins, a draw and three losses, I think, something like that. Um, so some good good performances, some good results, but some also horrific performances. Saturday against Cardiff was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible performance. Um, what we've seen so far in Matt Taylor is when we've played well, we've then played badly. When we've played badly, we've played well. So by that logic, Wednesday should be one of our better performances, um, which we'll obviously need to get, take anything from Turf Moor. Well, we will need to be at our absolute best uh, with the squad we've got and the squad that but obviously Burnley have got. We need to uh, we need to step it up tenfold from Saturday. We, if, we, if, we, if we play like we did against Cardiff... It'll be a cricket score. You talk, you know, it'll be three or four nil comfortably to you boys. Uh, but if we play like we did last week against Coventry, uh, no, we we only drew two two. But the performance was very very good. If that Rotherham United turns up, then we could easily easily nick a point, um, or, or potentially even more. <clears throat> uh, in terms of lineups, it, it, we're struggling with injury at the minute. To be honest with you, so to pick a back, we play three five two. To pick a back three at the minute would be basically impossible. I don't, I, I don't know who's fit. To be honest with you, they're, they're, they're keeping the cards pretty close to their chest. We've got thirty seven year old Richard Wood who struggles to play three games a week. He played Saturday, so it's probably not going to be him. I don't know what our back three is going to be. Uh, midfield is is a little bit easier. Dan Barlasser is our, is our key man at the minute. He's a sort of a ball playing midfielder. Sits very deep, sprays it left, right, and centre. Uh, can pick a pick a pick, put a pass through the eye of a needle. Such a good player to watch at the minute. He's a, he's a, he's going to be a real threat. Keep him quiet. You'll keep us quiet. I suspect. Uh, Ollie Rathbone will also play. Uh, he's the energizer buddy. Come run all day long. Very very impressive. Work rate. Uh, ben Wiles, who was linked with you guys in the summer, has been playing, but he has been very very poor. And that is that is being kind to him. To be honest with you, he's a, he's had a really really tough season. I suspect the interest from you guys has turned his head. He will probably play on Wednesday. Most Rodham fans don't think he should, but he probably will. Um, don't expect too much from him. And if you do end up signing in January, don't you know, don't use this performance on Wednesday to judge him by because he is a, he is a very good player, but he's been nowhere near it so far this season. Um, left wing back Cohen Bramwell, who is who is very very quick. Brooke Norton Cuffey on the right hand side, youngster from Arsenal, will probably play as well. Um, probably Georgie Kelly, Connor Washington won't cause you too many problems. In terms of pace, Georgia Kelly is a bit awkward. Um, we are going to struggle, I think. Uh, if you gave me nil-nil, I would take it. I would probably... I'm going to predict a 2-0 victory to you guys. I can't see us causing you too many problems, but I hope I'm wrong. OK, Dave, hit me up with some referee news, please. Oh, yes. Uh, we've got uh, Lee Doty, I think that's how you pronounce it, of Preston. He's back at Turf Moor on Wednesday evening. He took charge of his first ever Burnley match 
earlier in the season for our home game against Millwall. That was as recently as the end of August. Um, although Burnley won that game 2-0, he wasn't the most convincing of officials. Uh, as well as some rather questionable timekeeping, uh, he did seem to be extremely lenient with some of the challenges from the visitors, who on another day could quite easily have found themselves playing with 10 men. Uh, let's hope it was just an off day last time, and he shows us a much improved performance this time around. Yeah, definitely. Um, how are you feeling then ahead of the game, Dave? Uh, do we think it's going to be... I mean, Rotherham have struggled life of the championship this season and Burnley, like I say, are, are very, very dominant and playing very, very well. Um, could you see any potential banana skin here? Or are you feeling pretty confident of Burnley's performance? Um, I think we have to go into the game with confidence. We're on a really good run. I think we're um, strong at Turf Moor. Um, we can't take any opposition for for granted. There are banana skins in the um, in the championship, and there are surprise results that that come around. I mean, there could easily have been one if we'd have uh, not been able to come back against Reading on um, on Saturday. So we we just need to you know go into the game with the same mindset that we have been doing. I think if we do that, uh, we take control with possession, and we're just maybe a little bit more clinical with the chances early on. I think. If we go a goal up, we'll we'll feel confident and we can perhaps push on and get some more goals in the game. But yeah, I think Burnley fans at the moment are on a high. Um, we we know that you're not going to go through a whole season. Uh, well, obviously we've lost one game already. You're not going to go through and you know run runs like the one we had in 2015-16 are out of the ordinary. 20, 23 matches undefeated. But the longer it goes on, yeah, you you do feel that. Well, um, how many have we had now, Dave? How many under I just said we we had six, sixteen undefeated in total, that includes the um, uh, the league cup win that we had. So fifteen in the league. So we're only eight off matching our twenty yeah. undefeated. Yeah, well, well, that twenty three undefeated. There was um, uh, an FA Cup defeat in there, so it was twenty three league games. Yes, undefeated. Yeah, I did. I did remember that. Well, we shall see. Give me a goal prediction, then, please, Dave. I'm going to go for a conservative 2 0 win. Conservative 2 0 win. Um, small C. Uh, small C. I feel like I might agree with that, actually. I think I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Listeners, for those of you who like to get involved with Bromers Bankers, do please gamble responsibly and do use free bets where you can, please. Um, I'm also going to predict. 2-0 to the clients. Um, let us know what your score predictions are if you are heading to Turf Moor for Wednesday's game. Um, you know the drill by now, listeners. You know how to get in touch. Um, I'd be interested to see how you think we're going to perform. Um, Dave, before we move on, speak to our colleague Adam for an FPL update. Do you want to delve into those pockets of yours and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week? Uh, yeah, I think I've got a relevant one for you this week. Um, talking about late winners. Uh, there's nothing like a late winner, whether it's scored in the last minute or in time added on at the end of the match. Uh, I took a look back to find the most recent occurrences of last gasp Burnley winning goals prior mm. to Anas Zaruri's goal against Reading on Saturday. Although we scored a couple of goals in the 90th minute or later in wins against Cardiff at home in 2020 and Millwall away in 2021, we were already a goal up in those games. So we have to go back to the 1-0 victory over Barnsley at Turf Moor in the FA Cup in January 2019, when Chris Wood netted an injury-time penalty for the winner in that match. 
Uh, prior to that, the last time Burnley managed it in a league game and the last time from open play was the 3-2 win over Crystal Palace at Turf Moor in November 2016, when Ashley Barnes scored the injury time winner. That win followed hot on the heels of Scott Arfield's last gasp winner just a few weeks earlier in a 2-1 home win over Everton. That is... For some reason, I got into my head then. I was waiting for you to say Middlesbrough, but of course that was to equalise, wasn't it? You're right, it was a... It was, yes. It was a winner, yes. Well, good start, good start. Well, that... Uh, thank, thank, th- thank Tom Tom, Tom Whitaker for that, because he he, uh, he tweeted on uh, on Sunday, wonder when the last time was, so I uh, ah, used that as inspiration for this week's stat. There you go, thank you, Tom. He's our utility man, is Tom. Brings inspiration wherever he goes. Um, well, that's going to wrap up our preview of the Rotherham game Clarets, um, obviously, if you've got any questions or anything you want to ask Dave, then you know how to get in touch um, and let us have your score predictions. Uh, moving on, then, we are going to take a look at what happened um, in the FPL at the end of game week 14, I want to say. 14, I think. Yes, yes. it was. Yes, game week 14. So we're going to hand over to our colleague and resident FPL expert, Adam Dennett. Hi. Adam here with a Game Week 14 FPL update and a very important announcement about the October Manager of the Month. Starting off with your Game Week 13 Team of the Week, uh, which would have scored you a massive 137 points and lined up in a 4-4-2 formation. In goal, Jordan Pickford with six saves, a clean sheet and three bonus points. In Everton's 0-0 draw away at Fulham. Uh, Defence, back four three of which scored 11 points, uh, starting with ex-Claret Ben Mee, uh, with a very acrobatic overhead effort in uh, in his side's one-all draw at home to Wolves and three bonus points. Uh, love to see it. Um, continuing in the back line, uh, Tyrick Mitchell uh, from Crystal Palace with an assist, clean sheet and three bonus points in his side's 1-0 victory at home to Southampton. Another former Claret, Kieran Trippier, with an assist, clean sheet and two bonus points in Newcastle's 4-0 victory at home to Villa. Not the last Newcastle player you'll hear in this lineup. And completing the back four, Diogo Dallo from Manchester United with a clean sheet and all three bonus points in their 1-0 victory at home to West Ham on Sunday. Into midfield, um, surprise name in there, Rhys Nelson, uh, came off the bench replacing Saka uh, after his injury in... Uh, in the early stages uh, in their home game against Forest, uh, Definitely made a statement uh, with two goals, an assist and all three bonus points uh, in Arsenal's 5-0 demolition of Forest. He's officially 0% owned in the game. Um, so not many people will have benefited from that massive haul. Um, moving on in midfield, Almiron from Newcastle continues his great run of form with another goal and an assist and one bonus point in uh, Newcastle's big win over Villa. KDB um, back in the points with a goal and three bonus points in Man City's 1-0 win away at Leicester. And completing the midfield, another Arsenal player, Martin Odegaard with a goal and two bonus points, uh, getting him 10 points. Um, your joint high scorer of the week with Reese Nelson up front was Callum Wilson uh, making a late push for the England side with two goals, two assists and three bonus points. Um, and completing the lineup, Kiefer Moore from Bournemouth with two goals and all three bonus points, even though his uh, Bournemouth side did 
throw away a two-goal lead to lose 3-2 late on at home to Spurs. Nothing wrong with a comeback victory here, Clarets. Um, on to your overall uh, no-name-ever rankings. Uh, rundown of the top five. In fifth place, Steve Holden with 865 points. Fourth, Dylan Crowther with 869 points. Third, Brad Banks with 876 points. Second, Daniel Shepherd with 880 points. And now stretching his lead at the top, um, Rupert Booth, 25-point lead, now 905 points. First player past 900 in the no-name-ever league. And a quite remarkable overall rank of 733 in the world out of nearly 11 million players. Well done, Rupert. And now on to the Manager of the Month Award for October and that much-coveted no-name-ever sticker to be sent uh, to one of you uh, lucky FPL players. Uh, run down to the top five for October. A couple of names I've already mentioned. Oliver Hudson in fifth place. Uh, nice, nice name, Lord Bastion, 424 points for the month. Steve Holden in the top five overall and in the top five for October as well in fourth place, 426 points. Uh, third, Adam Major and his Benson for bedside, 427 points. Second place, leading the way for a while, uh, was Liam Byrne uh, with 435 points, but just pipped. Um, by our FPL machine at the moment and Manager of the Month winner for October, Rupert Booth and his Colm Kickers side. Congratulations, Rupert. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, email, um, and we'll get you that sticker. Uh, just a couple of general updates. Um, there's only two weeks left if you've still got your wild card to play the first one uh, before the World Cup. So you may as well use it now if you haven't done already. Uh, some teams with decent fixtures before the World Cup. Uh, Everton with Leicester at home and Bournemouth away. Uh, you probably go for a defender, uh, so, a bit more solid now with Cody and Tarkovsky at the back. Or maybe take a punt on uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who got a goal last week on his return from injury and completed his first 90 minutes for a long time in the game at Fulham at the weekend. Um, and people who to take out at the moment up front, probably Mitrovic, uh, with a couple of difficult fixtures before the World Cup, or Ivan Tony, who's suspended for Brentford's game against Forest and then comes back in um, for their game before the World Cup against Man City away. Um, City have good fixtures themselves, Fulham at home and Brentford at home. So if you haven't already got a City triple up, you probably go for that now. The only risk there, obviously, rotation um, and Haaland uh, being an injury doubt. So wait until uh, late in the day until bringing the City players in. Uh, Bournemouth have Leeds away and Everton at home. And up front's probably a best bet with them as they've been very leaky at the back. Kiefer Moore and Dominic Solanke, both good value picks. Uh, Brighton with a very, well, a surprise victory, but a very good victory against Chelsea last week after a poor run of form. They've got Wolves away and Villa at home. And Trossard seems the best option there. And then Man United, uh, lastly, away at Villa and away at Fulham. Um, two decent fixtures for them before the World Cup. And Marcus Rashford looks back to his best and only, well, he's less than £7 million and a midfielder, so he gets extra points for goals. Um, and Diego Dallo, um, also doing very well at the moment. Probably your best two from United. 
Um, finally, just a reminder that the game week 15 deadline is 1.30pm on Saturday. No early kickoff this week. I'm wishing you all green arrows for game week 15. Up the Clarets. Okay, Dave, finally, what question are you setting our delightful listeners this week, please? Uh, well, continuing the theme of last-minute winners, this week's quiz question is as follows. Uh, which player scored Burnley's first last-minute winner, so that's in the 90th minute or added time, of the 21st century? And which team did we beat? Oh, that is a stinker. Um, let our listeners know how they can submit their answers, please, Dave. Uh, in the usual way, they can contact us on Twitter. That's at Never on Twitter, preferably, preferably by a, a direct message. If you send us a DM, uh, no one will see your answer. Uh, you can email us. Uh, that's podcast at net, Or you can reply to the post that goes up on the Never Facebook page. Lovely stuff. And we will reveal your answers when we next record, which will probably be Friday night, Dave. Ready for the Sheffield uh, game? We'll probably record Thursday and put it out Friday for Sheffield. Lovely. Yeah. So if you can get those answers to us by 7 p.m. on Thursday, please, we will get those submitted. Um, that is all we have time for listeners. If you are heading to Turf more at the weekend, um, at the weekend, sorry, midweek, do cheer the boys on with us and let's get those three points in the bag. Um, I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.